0: History Revisited, a <clears throat> podcast available on your podcast app. Today is Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. I'm Robbie Maranaga, and today we plan to delve into the Caledonia Indigenous protests. To understand the issue behind the protests, speaking to Rudd Farajadeh Ahari, who is an expert on this topic. Hey, good morning. Thank you for being here. So, run, could you give us some background information on this complex issue?
1: Robbie, thank you for having me on your program. I think this, it is really important that we start on a day almost 240 years ago, even before Canada was created. On October the 25th, in 1784, Frederick Hallamand, the government of, governor of Quebec, signed a decree that granted a piece of land known as the Hallamand Tract to the Haudenosaunee. It was given to the Six Nations in compensation for their alliance with British forces during their American Revolution. I studied the words of the proclamation itself, it it essentially says says that the queen was pleased with the efforts of the Mohawk and the Six Nations people to make up for the land lost in the American territory. They gave them ownership of the Halman tract, and which them and their prosperity are to enjoy forever. So, what
0: happened afterwards that started leading to this conflict? Is there anything that someone said or a piece of
1: legislation that was important? I think I was start with a number of treaties. The number of treaties were between the Canadian government and the First Nations people living between Lake Superior and the Rocky Mountains. Between 1860 and 1923, a total of 66 treaties were signed with the First Nation for several reasons. The Canadian government used these treaties to resolve land claims before colonizing and settling into the Northwest Territories. There's a lot of controversy about how the Canadian government and the First Nations interpreted these treaties. First Nations perceive these treaties as receiving reserved land to live on, a lump sum payment, Year, yearly payments, hunting and fishing rights, and schools. But the Canadian government was using these treaties to start colonizing before the India, Indian Act was put in place.
0: So the number of treaties helped start this conflict because they were interpreted differently by the government the Six Nations people. What about the Indian Act? What did the Indian Act do to the First Nations that helped start this conflict? In
1: 1876, the government of Canada passed the Indian Act. The act was to have power to govern the First Nations and their land. The Indian Act was used to assimilate the First Nations people into Euro-Canadian culture. The First Nations were isolated and their reserves were slowly assimilated. The Indian Act was treated First Nations as wards of the government, whose lives needed to be controlled. The number of treaties and the Indian Act opposed and undid the Haliman Proclamation.
0: Really? I didn't know that before. I've known the indigenous people because of these treaties and acts. What happened to their land and living conditions?
1: Over the years, the First Nations have argued against the government who owns the land. First nations are struggling to preserve their culture and race while fighting against government colonization. Now the six nations' land has already shrunk down to less than 5% of what it originally was, and the six nations are not ready to let the rest be taken from them.
0: It must be frustrating for the first of people today. Redden. it was great talking with you today, and I look forward to you returning to the podcast. If any of the listeners wish to hear more from Raden, look at our website for the full interview. Next guest today is Eric Zell. Eric Zell has his PhD in the study of community policing. Eric, can you talk about the protest and the relationship between the Six
1: Nations and the police?
2: In late July 2020, about a dozen people walked onto a construction site at 1535 Mackenzie Road in Caledonia, Ontario, roughly 100 kilometres south of Toronto. They opposed the development of a subdivision on the outskirts of the town's urban area, reclaiming the land as unsurrendered territory of the Six Nations Confederacy.
0: What's the relationship between the, the police and the Six Nations people? As you said. They reclaim territory for the Six Nations, that they into to the government.
2: The police and the Six Nations have always had a rather poor relationship. This relationship has mostly been under one mutual distrust. The distrust comes at two levels of policing. At the national level, the RCMP has long been at odds with the Six Nations, as the RCMP have been the primary police force that has driven the Six Nations people off their ancestral land.
0: You mentioned two levels of policing. What was the second?
2: The other level of policing that has affected the Six Nations was the OPP. The OPP are also not trusted by the Six Nations communities, and this was not helped by one recent particularly important incident, the Iprawash crisis. The Iprawash crisis occurred on September 4, 1995. On that day, Six Nations people were protesting and refused to leave the land in Iprawash Provincial Park. The OPP, partly because of the the statements of the Premier of Ontario, Mike Harris, decided to use force to remove the Six Nations people. During the operation, the OPP injured several and killed one protester, Dudley George. This was a public relations disaster for the OPP and for their Premier, and caused serious harm to the relationship of the Six Nations people and the OPP. This incident, I believe, has caused the OPP to reevaluate their handling of Six Nations people. Even if politicians or the courts order the removal of Six Nations protesters. The OPP has the right to choose when and how to enforce the laws, and have effectively decided to not get involved with situations involving Six Nation protests.
0: Viewer, that's wonderful insight for our listeners, and brings our session to a close. Eric, I look forward to having you back on the podcast. Thank you, Robbie. Keep listening to History Revisited. We publish every Tuesday, so please join us in a week for our next episode. Reminder that we also publish our podcasts on YouTube, and if you're new to our podcast, I'd encourage you to check out all of our previous episodes. Do you know, you can find us on Spotify by the name History Revisited. a great day, and see you all next week.